You're listening to the On Fire Empire podcast, episode number 36. When was the last time you were bored? Think about the sensation that you get when you're bored. What is it? Is it overall an unpleasant experience? I don't know, mine's usually restlessness. Is it aloneness or lack of productivity? Well, I just want you to know that this thing called boredom, it's actually a superpower of the most creative minds, the most effective problem solvers, and the most successful business leaders. Oh yeah, it's boredom. That's our topic today, and you'll want to stay tuned because this conversation is anything but boring. Welcome to the On Fire Empire. Each week, seasoned divorce and business lawyer, mediator, CEO, and surf diva Kelly Bennett will help you discover strategies and smarter paths to big results. As you listen, you may ask yourself, how'd Kelly know I was going through that? It may feel like she's a fly on the wall of your life. She's intuitive, direct, and on point. Kelly brings the amazing lessons from her life's work to the table to set you up for a blazing bright future. We firmly believe lasting empires happen when well-rounded leaders achieve personal happiness, live out their calling, and develop meaningful relationships. Now it's time to hear from Kelly and her crew of experts. Learn some new strategies, challenge your way of thinking, and get juiced about igniting your empire of a lifetime. The information provided in this podcast is for general interest only and not intended as legal advice, nor does it create an attorney-client relationship between you and Kelly. And now, here's Kelly. So I asked you, notice how you feel when you're bored, but I also want you to notice where your mind naturally navigates to. So think about sitting in a really boring meeting or a time where you may have been sitting in a doctor's office and you didn't have anything with you to do or an airport. Notice where your mind naturally goes. Typically, it goes into problem-solving mode when you're bored. Our minds will naturally scan for things that are issues when we give it the space to do that And we're presented with how to solve our personal problems and our business problems. I'd also like you to think about and notice when your aha moments most often occur and when do those problem-solving ideas most often come up. For me, it's usually when my mind is at rest. A lot of times, great solutions to problems happen when I'm in the shower A lot of times when I'm brushing my teeth or often when I'm just out on a quiet walk. And, you know, it's no surprise that we have problem-solving capabilities that occur during moments of what most people would call boredom. In fact, the idea that boredom is a super tool for productivity and creativity is actually backed up by science. So in preparing for this podcast today, I was researching the effect of boredom and how we can use this as a tool. And I came across some psychological studies that have occurred. And the things I was reading indicated that there's a strong correlation between feelings of boredom 
and new sparks of creativity, which is pretty interesting. In fact, there was one study by a psychologist, her name is Sandy Mann, Sandy Mann, and she required her participants in this study to perform an extremely boring task before they attempted to do a creative task. So first a boring task, and then she gave them a creative task. And the results were really interesting because she found that the lack of stimulation experienced from reading and copying numbers out of the phone book, that's the boring task, led subjects to some of their most novel ideas. Oh my goodness, isn't that interesting? Who knew that reading a phone book (laughs) and then the rote process of just copying the numbers out of it could actually stimulate your most creative ideas? So as we look at this strange idea of boredom becoming a superpower and a super tool for productivity, I thought it would be really important to take a look at the well-known author and thinker, Bertrand Russell, and let's do what I call taking a page out of his playbook. So first of all, if you don't know who Bertrand Russell was, he was a British philosopher. He was what they call a logician, not a magician, a logician, meaning an expert in the exercise of logic. He was a mathematician, a historian, a writer. He was an essayist. He was a social critic. He was a political activist, and he was also a Nobel laureate. So the man had some serious street cred. Bertrand Russell researched and he wrote extensively on the power of boredom in his classic book called The Conquest of Happiness. Now get this, I recommend you read this book, but it was originally published in 1930. We're of course going to link to this resource in our show notes, so make sure you go there if you want to catch the the sources of all this information. Well, anyway, Bertrand Russell's writings on boredom are truly some of the most elegant and the most provocative writings on the subject, in my humble opinion. Bertrand Russell studied and talked about man's dread of boredom. Remember at the top of the show, I asked you, how do you feel when you think about boredom? And a lot of us dread it. It's just kind of a negative feeling. So Russell described that, and he also talked about man's relentless pursuit of excitement as the antidote to boredom. He didn't necessarily recommend it, but come on, when we get bored, what do we do? We try to entertain ourselves. So Bertrand Russell's thinking on this, I will tell you, even though he wrote about this in 1930, I would offer (laughs) the premise that this is more applicable in our society today than it ever was. It's absolutely amazing though, because Russell was writing about this over 80 years ago. So let's look at what he had to say about the virtues of monotony and what the pursuit of excitement actually produces. Here's what Bertrand Russell said. The excitement is in the nature of a drug of which more and more will come to be required. And the physical passivity during the excitement is contrary to instinct. A child develops best when, like a young plant, he's left undisturbed in the same soil. Too much travel, too much variety of impressions are not good for the young and cause them as they grow up to become incapable of enduring fruitful monotony. 
I do not mean that monotony has any merits of its own. I mean only that certain good things are not possible except where there's a degree of monotony. A generation that cannot endure boredom will be a generation of little men, of men unduly divorced from the slow processes of nature, of men in whom every vital impulse slowly withers as though they were cut flowers in a vase. That is a pretty impactful statement. And I think he was onto something when he was talking about the fact that kids really develop the most and the best when they're left undisturbed in the same soil for a while, where they're not carted around from thing to thing and given exposure to too many new impressions or new things. They need to become capable of enduring fruitful monotony. And I love that that um, phrase, fruitful monotony. Have you thought about that? There's the hint at productivity and creativity that comes when you calm and rest your mind and you don't have to entertain it all the time. So have we made the case for embracing boredom instead of running from it? Well, I think I have. And next, I'm going to show you how to do that right after the break. This episode of On Fire Empire is brought to you by Kelly Bennett's new book, Victim Is Not Your Name, Remembering Your True Identity in the Myths of Life's Challenges. Find out more at victimisnotyourname.com. That's victimisnotyourname.com. All right, so just before the break, I introduced you to this idea of fruitful monotony that Bertrand Russell produced or or advocated for. And the reality is this phrase, fruitful monotony, what that really translates to and refers to as the benefit of boredom. So what are the benefits of boredom? Well, one, it clears the mind right? Because when you're on your devices, when you're watching TV all the time, when you're constantly seeking entertainment, your mind tends to, it's it's like it's getting fed junk food and it's just constantly preoccupied with shallow stuff. But boredom allows your mind to settle down, which is I think why a lot of times we get so uncomfortable with it because we're used to being preoccupied with other things. Well, it also, boredom, it generates focus. So when I have downtime uh, and I'm sitting sitting somewhere where there's absolutely nothing to do, all of a sudden I'll start thinking as my brain starts doing that scanning for problems and how to s- solve them. That's all I have to think about, right? So all of a sudden I have no distractions. So boredom generates focus. It clears the mind And it also puts you into a state that supports extreme productivity through that clarity and through that focus. So I'm going to tell you right now, extreme productivity doesn't come unless there is focus and clarity. And when our brains are cluttered with a lot of useless information, which happens when we're doing that addictive thing, that little device that we hold in our hand all day long and look at it and it's crack to us. That's Facebook, Instagram, your text messages, constantly checking your phone. That's kind of a like a crack addict's response. And they don't have clarity and they're not able to have extreme productivity because of it. So the other benefit of boredom is it obviously, I, is, I guess I've kind of stated the obvious, it clears that path for creativity and problem solving. So 
If you're having a hard time coming up with a solution to a problem or creating, if you have what people call creator's block, well, what are you doing? Are you constantly busy or are you allowing yourself to go into that bored state in order to clear that path to that creativity or to that solution? So let's talk for just a moment about different ways you can put yourself, and this sounds so (laughs) counterintuitive, but ways you put yourself into a state of boredom so that you can reap these benefits, so you can hit fruitful monotony. Well, let's talk about how about while you're traveling by plane or car, train even, however it is you go. But typically these days we're traveling primarily by car and primarily by train, right? So you want to put yourself into a state of boredom? Here's the fast track to do it while you're traveling. It's easy. Listen to nothing. Nothing. Don't listen to the movie on the plane. Don't listen to music through your headphones. Nothing. Have no devices. None. Now, Does that strike fear in the hearts of many of you? I know that a lot of that's habit, and I don't initially relish the thought of just sitting there with nothing while I'm traveling, but this is how you fast track yourself into boredom. Read nothing. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine getting on an airplane and going? So let's say if I I left um, here, one of our nearest airports is San Diego, so I'm flying out of San Diego to Dallas. That's going to be about a two-hour and 10-minute flight. If I get on that plane and I have no devices and I'm not listening to anything, the first thing I'm going to do is at least pull out that ridiculous um, thick catalog of crazy items that they have in the back of most of the plane pockets. It's like the Sky Mall. Jose, you're here in the studio with me. Is that called Sky Mall? Yes, it's Sky Mall. Sky Mall. Okay. It's sort of. still have them too. Yeah, I know. They're awesome. It's like all the things you never knew you needed and now you suddenly need them at (laughs) triple the reasonable price. Anyway, so read nothing. And what happens when we're starting to do this? Well, all of a sudden we might start noticing some different things and thinking different things. And while you're traveling, plane or car, of course, if you're in the car, obviously this doesn't apply to the driver, but and you're listening to nothing, no devices, you're reading nothing, make sure you have a notepad. Because when that boredom morphs into creative awakenings, let me tell you, you're going to want to write them down. Okay, another way to put yourself into a state of boredom. Some people will find themselves doing monotonous tasks like cleaning the garage or vacuuming or organizing their desk. Those kinds of things often throw you into boredom, and then the fruitful monotony starts. For me, one of those things is taking a shower. Okay, so true confessions. Is this too much information, Jose? You know what happens on the weekends with me, right? <laughs> it's No, for this, it's plenty of information. <laughs> plenty of information. Yes. My weeks are typically full up with talking to people on the phone, video conferences, meetings, going to events, going to court, all kinds of things that it's people, 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 people. So by the time I get home on the weekends, and I always have to be dressed to the nines and play the part of the lawyer, right? So makeup's on, hair's done, we're dressed up, all of that. Well, by the time Friday night rolls around, I am done. And unless I have to go out in public for anything, it is not uncommon for me to hang out all weekend brush my teeth, you know, do the pity pat, whatever they call that. But, you know, so you're not, you're not necessarily taking a shower, but 
I often don't take a shower till Monday. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> oh my God, that's horrible. <laughs> I know you're not coming to my house on the weekends now, right? <laughs> but the point is, I hate taking showers because it signals to me getting ready and it's such a boring thing to do. So last thing I want to do. But the minute I hit the shower, <laughs> it's shocking because I get in the shower and I'm in there being bored to tears, but at the same time, here come a flood of solutions. In fact, it happened to me today before I rolled into the studio, there was kind of an ugly situation, an ugly problem that I have some friends dealing with and they wanted some help on it and just made my blood pressure rise when I thought about it. So anyway, when I got in the shower, it was like the clouds parted, the angels started singing, the solution came forward, which was nothing that I had been thinking of before when I was so in the moment with the high blood pressure and upset about things. So the point is, I think it's when we get into that monotony and we're able to just be in this, you know, brainless routine or brainless activity where our brain is able to rest for a moment and start to get some clarity. All right, two more ways to to get yourself into this state of boredom. This third one is always look around you and never at your devices. So here's the deal. In the morning, I think most people, what's the first thing they do when their eyes fly open? They tend to reach over onto the nightstand and pick up that device, right? Because we use them for our clocks. We want to see what's going on. Did anybody text me overnight? So it's it's stimulating and it's mind-numbing. So what's happening though is it immediately stimulates your mind and is mind-numbing looking at those devices. It's exhausting and it drains your mental juice. So if you get up in the morning and the first thing you do is look at that stuff, you're going straight into the cluttered mind. So I encourage you to do a little focus monotony there. Get up in the morning and don't look at your phone. Instead, why don't you look out the window? Stand up, look around, look at your environment. You're going to force yourself into a little bit of boredom, a little bit of monotony, but you're not kind of shocking your brain first thing in the morning. And then let's go back to the airport when you're traveling scenario. How about there? Look around. When you're at the airport, have you ever thought about just putting it all down, doing the don't read anything, don't listen, and you look around, do you think you could find anybody whose eye you could catch to have a conversation with when you're sitting at the airport terminal waiting for the plane? No, all the heads are down and they're staring into the little devices. It's it's amazing. So when you look around you and not at your devices, it starts to settle your mind down. And when you notice your environment... It'll help put you into that state that then jumps you into creativity and focus. Weird, right? But it works. And then the last way that I want to offer you on moving into a state of boredom is meditation. Okay. Don't we all know people who want to be going, going, going all the time? They always want to be with people. They they don't like to sit still. They don't want to go home and be a couch potato like I like to do and just be quiet A lot of times we get very uncomfortable with stillness and nothingness. I want to encourage you to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. This is another way to really fast track yourself into boredom and then watch what happens as a result. 
Okay. So I think I've, um, Jose, have I done a sufficient job at beating this topic to death mm-hmm. on boredom? <laughs> but just final thoughts. Embracing boredom, which is really in many ways embracing stillness and doing nothing, it's a pure art form. And I want you to think about it that way. There's an Italian saying, and let's see if I slaughter it or not, but it's la dolce far niente. La dolce far niente. And that means the sweetness of doing nothing. I want to encourage you and encourage myself, friends, to spend more time mastering this art of doing nothing because I think we should all benefit from that taste of la dolce far niente, the sweetness of doing nothing. So my challenge to you today is to actually, this sounds funny, but let's try it, calendar and plan time every single week to be bored. Try it for four weeks in a row. And when you do, make sure you write down the ideas and the solutions and the aha moments that are sure to come out of it. I'll betcha your productivity is going to absolutely skyrocket. Well, friends, That's it for today. Thank you for joining us. I just want to remind you to get the show notes and the resources that I mentioned in today's episode. Just head on over to the episode page and that's at kellybennettesquire.com. That's kellybennettesq.com forward slash 036. And if you'd be so kind as to give me a shout out on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to your podcast, I'd so appreciate it because it helps us get the word out about this podcast and get some of this valuable information or all of this valuable information to people who really could use it. And as a reminder, the release of my new book, Victim Is Not Your Name, is just around the corner. So check out victimisnotyourname.com where you can pre-order and learn more about this book. I know it's going to be a life changer. Now, lastly, last week I mentioned that this week I would have my interview with superstar district attorney Ivy Fitzpatrick, and we're talking about how she has managed to use and leverage a chronic disease and chronic pain and still have a wonderful, successful life in both her personal life and in her career. Um, That interview is still coming. I'm going to say, Jose, it's probably two episodes away because this is the Christmas season here at On Fire Empire at the time of this recording, and there's been a lot of flu and illness going around. So we haven't had the chance to wrap that one up, but we'll be packaging that one up shortly and get that to you. I know you won't want to miss it. So until next time, friends, live with gusto and ignite your empire. Ciao.